Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Meantime, the first of our Coach's Corner Hour, you might say. After more than 10 years in the role, Scott Goodman has resigned from his successful tenure as the High Performance Director at Athletics in New Zealand. He's heading back home to Australia and he'll leave New Zealand in late January to take up a new sporting role in his homeland of Australia. Uh, He's the longest standing high performance director with a major New Zealand national sports organisation. He joined Athletics New Zealand in 2011. He's seen some of the biggest names do some of the best jobs for New Zealand. He joins us right now. Uh, Good morning to you, Scott. Uh, How do you feel about uh, going home, but what you've achieved? Yeah, I'm pretty sad about, about leaving, and a lot of that's just to do with personal situation, particularly around COVID and uh, the challenges of trying to travel between Australia and New Zealand. So um, that's a personal position. But the time here has been extraordinary and some of the results, I suppose the four medals in Rio and at the Olympics and the results of the para team over the last two Paralympics um, have been quite amazing to be part of. So, yeah, I really enjoyed um, my time here. When you arrived in 2011, what was the state of New Zealand athletics and how big was the challenge that you saw in front of you? I think at that time we were just at the cusp of moving from being a traditionally amateur sport and I mean that in the the right sense, you know, not not in the approach, but we were starting to, uh, we, we employed our first group of coaches about that time and we also were getting, our better athletes were getting funding out of the high performance system here in New Zealand. I mean, some of them had been getting funding for a while, but the approach to supporting athletes was becoming professional. And, you know, in a way, it was sort of interesting because New Zealand were probably 10 or 15 years behind, say, other Commonwealth countries in that regard. So uh, it was a really interesting time with uh, a lot of volunteer coaches working with quite high-level um, athletes that were making major teams and the move towards... Um, employing coaches and trying to, uh, I suppose, target for us, we targeted throws and, and distance in particular as where we were employing coaches to to work with our key athletes. What was your MO given to you by Athletics New Zealand? Was it to produce more medal-winning athletes or change the program as a whole as to future-proof the, the, the sports? Yeah, a, a little bit of both, but but it the big one really is around sustainability and um, for me, where we're leaving now, we, we have a lot of very good young throwers and some of them were in Tokyo, so Matty Wesh was one that um, 
we saw finish sixth at the Olympics, but we've got others like Lauren Bruce, Julia Ratcliffe, Connor Bell, and we've got a, a real, um, quite a large group of 16 to 20 year old young throwers. And um, unfortunately, a lot of them haven't got to compete, say, at World Under-20s because of COVID. But we're actually in a pretty healthy state to produce world-class throwers for the next, you know, five to ten years. So, uh, yeah, there, there was a legacy or sustainability piece. But, but at the same time, you know, you need to be performing at the major championships. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we've been able to do that. And... I think we're in a good position to continue that through Paris and beyond. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to be part of that. I'm slightly confused because you're the High Performance Director of Athletics New Zealand, yet there's an emphasis on throwers and distance. Yeah, uh, well, the approach here was to have targeted event groups where we would we thought we could have um, sustainable success. So that's where we employed coaches predominantly. So... Um, there's 47 or 49 that changes a little bit with the program but there's that many that's the number of events on the program and uh the decision was made sort of 10 odd years ago to target uh throws and distances where we would put our resources and yeah we, we just don't have the the money of some other systems to be able to event sorry invest uh, the same across all the ink groups. We supported individual athletes. If somebody's performing in an uh, individual area, uh, we backed pole vault as well. So Jeremy McColl's group and that uh, Eliza McCartney came through that program. But we, we support people like Hamish Kerr or other athletes that break through. But uh, yeah, for a sustainable piece, we just we don't have the budget. You know, like you know, other countries have millions and millions of dollars. We've got a couple of million dollars a year to try and put a program in place and yeah that, that was the priority yeah. and that's how we've operated and quite simply this comes down when you talk about budgets actually budget about having coaches right because coaches are the key to success particularly in athletics yeah so we've spent in terms of our coach budget predominantly we've employed throws coaches or we've put money into developing young uh, we've got apprentice coaches and so on and I don't think we've ignored the other event groups but like I said it's been a targeted approach so um, yeah there's more investment and more emphasis gone into those areas and I, I think it's showing that we've now got a like you know we're in the top seven or eight nations in the world in relation to throwing at major championships our performances so and, and the likelihood will go higher than that so that's quite amazing um, position to be in and I think it reflects that it's a healthy approach but it also reflects you know our population and the realities of um, some of the other event groups you know like different regions of the world are, are more I suppose genetically attuned to some other event so yeah it's smart to invest where we think we can perform well and consistently for a long period of time the performance of Hamish Kerr at the Olympics was that a surprise to yep. you or did you see that one coming knowing what was going on the, the, behind the scenes that we don't see uh, we've been supporting Hamish and his coach Terry Lomax um, probably pretty heavily for three or four years so yes we, we saw that coming um, 
I suppose in our mind, we were hoping he would get into the top 12, so make the final. And some of the issues he'd had over the last couple of years had been his ability to back up. He would get um, so qualifying and then three days later to be able to compete in a final. So he had a period of time for a couple of years to about 2019 World Champs where his ability to back up and compete, um, you know, twice in three days uh, had to be worked on and he worked closely with a physio and a whole medical support team. So, um, yeah, we, we weren't surprised, but to get to where he is and um, be able to back up on, two, you know, two comps in three days, um, yeah, we were really, really pleased with that. It was fantastic. I remember vividly watching Eliza McCartney's bronze medal run in the Rio, Rio Games and going, where has this young girl come from? Because... Winning bronze almost felt like she'd won gold that day. Where is she at now, do you think? Can she get back to that level of performance? Um, I believe she can. She's, we've got her doing a special program where she's not doing pole vault for 12 months. And she's working. We've got a, a physio and a, a, one of our former coaches that had been working in America are back in Auckland now. And they're working with her... Um, you know, five or six days a week. And we, the plan is not to do pole vault until probably June, July uh, this year now. So, And um, I, I reckon it's a 50-50 call that she can get back. And obviously, as long as she can get back, um, she's world-class. She's in the top four or five in the world. Like, So, yeah, I, I, I'm aware that that program is going really well, that we're a number of people be involved in putting that in place. It must be it must be slightly concerning though for a high performance director to say it's a fifty fifty call on someone who you say is a is a top five athlete in the world in their discipline. Yeah, I suppose it's it happens in all sports that some um, athletes either have ongoing injury battles. It's not the case with Eliza. It's um, it's an inflammation of the tendon, so it's a inflammatory reaction that she gets, um, and there's a genetic link to it, so that's in her family. But uh, the, the I suppose the scientists that are involved and the medical staff that are involved, they, they're saying that there's still light at the end of the tunnel, and um, we'll just have to see how that evolves. But you know, sometimes that just happens in sport that people have a, a medical challenge or a ongoing injury challenge that um, prevents them achieving what you know otherwise they're capable of achieving. So yeah, it's a terrible um, predicament for someone like Eliza, and she's still really young. So you know, she could have another two or three Olympics yet. So um, obviously, we're all hoping that she gets back and and can compete and. Um, representing New Zealand over the next 10 years. Scott, can you tell me your opinion of Tom Walsh? Uh, look, he's a great guy and, uh, you know, early day stories about him being a builder and, um, yeah, he, he's sort of a knock-around guy, the, the way he comes across. Uh, he's quite extraordinary to achieve um, what he has with a number of world indoors and world outdoor championships, so two Olympic medals and... He's probably got another two Olympic cycles uh, in that sport, providing he stays injury-free. But he's got a, an amazing support team around him. He has an exercise physiologist, Angus Ross, who's quite extraordinary, world-leading, 
um, guide his approach to how they do their strength program. They do a, a different regime to what's traditionally used around the world. And, um, yeah, Tom, you know, he's a fantastic guy to have on teams. And, yeah, he's just a, <laughs> he's just a good bloke. So yeah. how, how, much, to work with Tom. how much further can he throw? Yep. Uh, they seem confident in his support group. Then, like, he can be more powerful, which I think he can get up into the 23s. And uh, obviously, the other guy in the world, Ryan Krause, is, uh, you know, he's outstanding. He can do 23 on a bad day. So, <laughs> if Tom can get it, he's very best on the right day. Not all goes well. Um, We'll see what happens, but I, I think twenty-three meters is definitely possible. Still. And he would have seen, uh, he would have known that Dale Stevenson, as coach, was going. So has he transitioned nice, nicely into his next his next coaching team? Yeah, well, the, the guy, the young guy that's working with him, Hayden Hall, uh, has been working alongside Dale for a couple of years now as an apprentice. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's an interesting situation. I mean, Tom and Dale had worked together. You know, started off as training partners and coached by a guy called Scott Martin in Melbourne. So they, they've evolved. So Tom's 29 and Dale's 33. So a lot of people forget that they're really quite close in age. And I think over the sort of seven, eight years as an athlete coach, they've um, just grown apart a little bit as well. So, um, but yeah, Dale, for family reasons, uh, wants to get back. He's got two young girls and his wife and his parents all live in Melbourne. So um, I think it's nicely set up to transition for Tom's support for the, for the rest of his career. Like I said, he's got Angus Ross, he's got Hayden Hall, he's got a bloke called John Quinn who works with the Black Caps, does sort of facilitates their team. And, yeah, they, they've got a really good, good group and they can still call on Dale when required. So, um, yeah, I think Tom will do really well for another five or six years to see out his career. So what's next for you? Uh, the job in Australia is working with their performance coaches, so their coaches that have got um, athletes, significant athletes is where they want the emphasis. And um, so they got three medals in Tokyo, and I suppose they're probably aiming to try to get to five or six medals. They had four or five athletes finish fourth. So I think the the major emphasis of my job will be working on uh, w- alongside the athlete and coaches that have sort of got athletes in the top 12. Um, obviously, a lot more people in Australia. But, you know, just, just trying to work with the, the high-end athletes that with just some changes might be able to make a difference to how they perform at, at ma- major championships. So, and is that with the AIS? Um, no, it's with Athletics Australia. It'll be based out of Melbourne. Um, the AIS... I used to work at the AS before I was in this role, and AS has sort of changed how it functions. It's not how a lot of people understand. So they actually, um, yeah, they provide more sports science support. It's not yep. really, um, we don't, there's not like there's a stack. It used to be always 30 or 40 athletes based there in a centralised program, and it's not like that anymore. Scott, we really appreciate your time in New Zealand since 2011 and you've overseen a pretty cool period where athletics has been brought back into the forefront of people's minds. So we thank you for that and we wish you the best going forward. 
Thanks very much, and um, thanks for your time today. Yep. Scott Goodman, the former High Performance Director of Athletics New Zealand, heading off to work for Athletics Australia to see if they can get themselves back on the top of the podium in certain areas. What do you say? For, uh, lots of force, not a lot of podiums and when it came to athletics at the Olympics. So we've done okay under his guidance.